Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. On behalf of Pastors David and Nicole Binion, thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church. Now, let's listen to today's message. Oh, man. I couldn't help but think of, of course, my sweet father-in-law who's in the nursing home. And um, I know many of you are have family members uh, maybe in that same situation. And, you know, this season, it's, it's difficult anyway. And then this whole COVID thing, and it's, you know, you think of them being there and... Um, can't just go visit them all the time, and there's, uh, oh man, I was thinking of your mom in heaven, I was thinking about my grandparents in heaven, and um, it's so important that we remember where we came from, and we take time to remember, and we take time to honor, and we take time uh, and dwell on what God has done for us, and our history with the Lord, and um, and so I'm not going to be real long, and um, but I last about a week and a half, a week or so ago, I was sitting in my kitchen, and um, I was on this group text thread with my family. My mom had texted me and my brother and my sister-in-law and David, and she was decorating the house for Christmas. And uh, my mom loves Christmas. Mom, if you're watching, um, you know th- this. I-, I grew up. Christmas was like a really big deal in our house. And um, it's always so full of life and joy and excitement around the holiday time. And um, and so was, I'm looking at this text thread. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm really just not in feeling the Christmas spirit yet. Usually in November, I'm like ready. Let's put up the Christmas decorations. And a lot of my friends have done that already. But I, I couldn't, I didn't know if it's because 2020 has been such a bizarre year. And while it's like the days have been long, but the year has been short. Um, and so I'm like, man, it doesn't feel like it should be Thanksgiving and Christmas time yet. Um, so I just wasn't feeling, feeling it yet to put up my decorations, my Christmas decorations. And I was sitting there in my kitchen and I just felt the Lord just whisper to my heart and say, don't skip Thanksgiving. And of course I knew immediately He wasn't just referring to our American holiday with a capital T. Um, But he was talking about the spirit of Thanksgiving. Little T. (laughs) Little T. Little little T Thanksgiving that brings huge blessings in our life. And, um, you know, Thanksgiving is such a simple thing. Children, our children can do it. And um, I think as adults, we can... um, as we grow in the Lord and we mature and we kind of, we move on to deeper spiritual truths and all that. But there is nothing um, deeper than giving thanks. Um, and so as I was just kind of preparing I, for, to, you know, for this, I kind of just started doing some research on Thanksgiving in our nation. And I do, I, you know, I, I do think that as a nation, we have moved away from, from the spirit of Thanksgiving, from being grateful. And I think the holiday kind of represents that. 
I think, you know, it is so overshadowed um, by the holidays that surround it. You know, um, society, you know, Halloween is a big deal. And then Christmas, you go from from Halloween candy to, you know, right to all the Christmas decorations being up. And it seems like it's just like a means to get to what we really want to do. Black Friday shopping, Christmas. Um, And so I just really felt even I just I told David, I said, man, I, I don't even think we can decorate the house for Christmas until the Friday after Thanksgiving. That's how I just feel the Lord is so um, speaking to me about this and how important it is to be present in it. And we had such a beautiful call yesterday with uh, Dwell Women. Those of you who were who were uh, on the call with us, it was just such a beautiful time of remembering what the Lord has done. Even in this crazy tumultuous year, he is good and he has been so good to us. And we just had such a beautiful time uh, together yesterday. So um, I wanted to read this. I, I, we're going to go back to like grade school for a minute. And um, we're going we're gonna to remember the pilgrims that came on the Mayflower. It's kind of like, I feel like in this day and age, it's been, become a little politically incorrect to, to like talk about the founding of our nation. Um, but... Flaws and all, there is no country like America. And um, this, it has been a beacon of hope and light for millions that have flocked here to find hope and life and future. And, um, and so, December of 1620, the Pilgrims settled in Plymouth Harbor, Massachusetts. And in 1621, the Plymouth colonists and Wampanoag Native Americans shared an autumn harvest feast that is acknowledged today as one of the first Thanksgiving celebrations in the colonies. For more than two centuries, days of Thanksgiving were celebrated by individual colonies and states. It wasn't until 1863, in the midst of the Civil War, that President Abraham Lincoln proclaimed a national Thanksgiving Day to be held each November. And hang with me through this because I'm, I'm going to read this, um, this proclamation. And it's like Old English because it's 1863. And, um, but this is, the, dec- this is the, um, the proclamation that President Abraham Lincoln made when he established a day, an official day of giving thanks in our nation. And I, I'm, I'm reading it because I feel like what our country has been through this year and everything that's going on around us, I feel like the timing is really interesting Um, and so I'm just going to read this. The year that is drawing towards its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties, which we are, which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come. Others have been added, which are of so extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart, which is habitually insensible to the ever watchful providence of almighty God. In the midst of a civil war of unequaled magnitude and severity, peace has been preserved with all nations. Order has been maintained. The laws have been respected and obeyed and harmony has prevailed everywhere except in the theater of military conflict. Needful diversions of wealth and of strength from the fields of peaceful industry to the national defense 
have not arrested the plow, the shuttle, or the ship. The axe has enlarged the borders of our settlements, and the mines, as well of iron and coal as of the precious metals, have yielded even more abundantly than heretofore. (laughs) Population has steadily increased, notwithstanding the waste that has been made in the camp, the siege, and the battlefield. And the country, rejoicing in the consciousness of augmented strength and vigor, is permitted to expect continuance of years with large increase of freedom. No human counsel hath devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. It has seemed to me fit and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the, of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering up the ascriptions justly due to him for such singular deliverances and blessings, they do also with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience, commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged. And fervently implore the interposition of the almighty hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. I feel like that's appropriate for this, this time. Although our nation has no doubt made a turn away from thanksgiving to God, and we can see the fruit of that in our modern culture, this message is about the spirit of thanksgiving, giving thanks to our Father for his goodness toward us. We have to be intentional about pushing back the spirit of the age, which is to be entitled, arrogant, and easily offended. The instruction to give thanks is found all throughout the scriptures. I had so much uh, fun this week digging out. uh, I mean, giving thanks is all, all throughout the word. So we know it is the protocol to enter his presence, right? In Psalm 100 verse 4, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Tanner, when you preached last Sunday, you touched on the protocol, right? Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. I love the message translation says, enter with the password, thank you. Psalm 95 verse one and two. I didn't give you guys all these Psalms, but um, because there were quite a few of them. 
But this, uh, this Psalm 95 verse one and two says, come let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanks and extol him with music and song. Psalm 106 verse one says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Psalm nine, chapter nine, verse one, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. Thanksgiving is such a simple thing that even children can do it. So why is it so important that we don't skip over Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is like this little hinge that opens wide the door of our hearts to all that God has for us. Gratitude, I, I was, when we were on our call yesterday with the women, I, um, I shared briefly about even how psychology and studies back up. Um, psychology shows the benefits of gratitude in our health and our mind um, and and so there are so many benefits to gratitude, but gratitude takes us into another realm. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. It takes us into another realm. Gratitude liberates our hearts. When we give him thanks and honor for who he is and what he has done, the eyes of our heart open up and we see him rightly. Psalm 34, verse nine in the message says, worship God if you want the best. Worship opens doors to all his goodness. <laughs> oh, I love just in worship today, just felt that so strong. Thanking him for the simple things, the little things that we take for granted. And I think this year has um, made us really see those simple things that we have taken for granted. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, rejoice always, y'all can probably say this with me, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. Thanksgiving must be a pretty big deal to God if he says, this is my will for you. I think we probably really need to pay attention to that. Why is Thanksgiving such a big deal? Because Thanksgiving is the key to an open heaven over our lives. Scriptures that teach us to give thanks can be found everywhere in the word of God. I'm, I'm, this next scripture has become one of my favorites this year. You know, when you, um, when things come at you, when storms hit, when winds blow, <laughs> it's so vital that our roots are so deep in Jesus. That when everything around us is being shaken, we can stand strong because we are so rooted in him. Colossians chapter two, verse six and seven says, and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. 
Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Makes me think of that. Remember that song in Sunday school? If y'all went to Sunday school, the, the wise man built his the rock, the rock, right? The fool, the, what did we say? The dumb man built his house upon the sand? Foolish man. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. Yeah. Lives rooted in him so that our faith will grow strong in the truth we were taught and will overflow with thankfulness. Colossians chapter three, starting at verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. I got more. Ephesians chapter five, see in verse 19, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God, the Father, for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christians are to be marked by thanksgiving. We're to be known for thanksgiving. We're to be known for being grateful people. So if giving thanks to God opens up heaven over us, then what happens when we don't give thanks? What do we open ourselves up to? When we grumble and complain, when we don't remember, when we think that we accomplished this on our own. We got, we, you know, uh, you know, I, I did this. I, um, I think that can, can be sort of the, uh, the attitude of our nation. D- definitely the, the, you know, the attitude of, of the godless, right? That, that they did, we, I did this on my own. So Romans chapter one, Starting at verse 20, this is a tough, this is some tough stuff here. But this is what happens when we cease giving thanks. For since the creation of the world, this is the Apostle Paul writing, since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Okay, foolish hearts were darkened. A dark heart represents like a closed off heart, right? A shut off heart. When we give thanks, we open our heart. All the light comes flooding in. But when we're ungrateful, we have this shut off heart. Um, Our foolish hearts, foolish hearts become uh, darkened. 
Okay, let me find where I am here. They be, their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. (laughs) And then this goes into a whole litany of sins that they opened themselves up to. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. I know it's hard to hear this and it's hard to read. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind. So that, they, so that they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. And if all that wasn't enough, they even invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. I never want to stop giving thanks. I never want to, I never want to get to a place where I don't see him rightly. I don't see him for who he is. I don't submit my heart to who he is. Thanksgiving keeps our heart soft and pliable before the Lord. Thanksgiving disarms hell and positions our heart to receive from him what we need to break the cycles of sin off of our lives. Okay, so turn to someone next to you and say, don't skip Thanksgiving. Don't skip it. Don't do it. I was reading yesterday about um, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. You know, this year is going to be like very different. Our culture, it's like, okay, our holiday traditions are going to look different this year, but can't nobody cancel Thanksgiving, okay? Okay. Because it doesn't come from an external source or a ritual or a tradition. It comes from the inside. It's a position of our hearts toward him. So I'm almost done. I'm going to share three things that Thanksgiving produces in our lives. Y'all ready? Okay. Thanksgiving brings deliverance. Say that. Thanksgiving brings deliverance. In Jonah chapter 2, anybody remember Jonah being swallowed by the fish? He wasn't, the Lord told him to go to Nineveh, and he didn't want to go. 
and he ended up on a ship and felt, you know, it was a storm and he ends up in the sea and swallowed by a fish. And by the way, that did actually happen. There are those that would say that these stories uh, in the word of God are, you know, metaphors or um, I, I, I believe that the word of God is true. So just, just saying that. Um, okay, says Jonah chapter two, starting in verse one. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish. Remember, Thanksgiving brings deliverance. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help. (laughs) And you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas. And the current swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit. Oh, Lord, my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. Lisa, I was thinking about what God's done in your life this week. Last night as I was just going to sleep, I was thinking about y'all singing today. And God is good and he delivers us. He, He takes our life out of the pit. When my life was fading away, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you and to your holy temple. Those who pay regard to va- those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Here comes a deliverance. And the Lord spoke to the fish. And it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. (laughs) Somebody say Thanksgiving brings deliverance. I got one more for you about deliverance. Anybody remember Paul and Silas in prison? Acts chapter 16, verse 25. About the midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open. (laughs) And everyone's chains came loose. You know, when you're delivered, it doesn't just set you free. But your deliverance sets other people free too. Yeah. So Thanksgiving brings deliverance. Number two, Thanksgiving brings provision. The book of John chapter six, starting at verse one, this is a story of Jesus multiplying the loaves and the fish. If you've been in church a long time like me, you already know this story, but we're gonna read it. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. 
When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? You know that Jesus really wasn't wondering where they were going to find bread, right? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Oh, I love that. Did you know that the Lord already has in mind what he's going to do in your life? He already knows how he's going to bring you out of whatever you're facing. <laughs> Woo, I love Jesus. Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small, small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. I got this. There was, <laughs> y'all sit down. Uh, there was plenty of grass in that place and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. We've been to that place where Jesus performed this miracle. If you ever get an opportunity to go to Israel, you need to go because the Bible absolutely comes alive. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. Jesus doesn't waste anything. Everything you've been through, whatever you're walking through right now, you can know that if you are surrendered to the Lord and you bring it to him, he is going to make sure that not, it, not one tear is wasted. Not one dark, lonely night is wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the piece of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. Say Thanksgiving brings provision. Okay, this is the last one, number three. Thanksgiving brings resurrection. John chapter 11, verse 38. This is when Lazarus has died. The sisters Mary and Martha have, they pleaded for Jesus to come and pray for him when he was sick. And Jesus didn't make it there on time before Lazarus past. And so he arrives to the tomb where they've laid Lazarus. Then Jesus deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Just keeping it real, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Oh, it's never too late. So they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. 
I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Somebody say, Thanksgiving brings resurrection. So if my piano player will come to the keyboard. This is a really simple word today. But I just feel like as we go into this week, that it's not a week that we just rush, rush through to get to Black Friday online shopping or whatever you're gonna do this Black Friday. That, that this holiday truly represents a time that we are present in the moment with our families. I know a lot of us aren't gonna have extended families with us this year. I know I've got a Zoom meeting scheduled with my parents up in Chicago. But let's be present in thanksgiving this week. Let's take time to remember what God has done. I don't know what, um, what you might need. I don't know what... Um, if you need deliverance today. I don't know if you need provision today. I know a lot of people have been impacted by the economy of 2020. So you may need provision today. And I don't know what needs resurrection and life. It may be your marriage. It may be your, uh, your dream, your, your career dream, your, your business. But I just want us to pray. And will you, will you pray for us? And I'm going to sing that in a second. But because I, you know, I'm a singer. So, you know, start thinking about Thanksgiving and all these songs just come. And we've, we, have, we have sung so beautifully to the Lord today. Um, but, but I just want us to take a moment. And I just want us to be still before the Lord. And I want us to think about the little things. And we're just gonna thank him today. And as you thank him with all of your heart, whatever it is you're needing, he's got, he's got it for you. He has not forgotten you. Will you pray for us? Yeah. I was sitting there as you were coming to a close and on my new watch that you guys bought for me, it's, I get these notifications and it's news from USA Today and it said, because of COVID raging on, 
many people are skipping Thanksgiving. It's the spirit of the age. But in the midst of, I just want to just acknowledge that in the spirit of, of uh, this effort of the dark world to come and choke out Thanksgiving out of our hearts. And this is just a, prof- a prophetic picture of, of a holiday that they're trying to snap away. But people, lovers of Jesus, rise up now. Rise up in the room right now. People of God, rise up in the room right now with a grateful heart. And we will not be choked. We will not be swallowed by the fish that is the spirit of the age. But God, we come with a grateful heart. We come with thanksgiving. We come boldly into your presence, not like a bull in a china closet. We come walking softly, but with confidence, knowing that you hear us, that you accept us, that you receive us. So we come with all of our stuff, all of our problems, all of our heartache, all of our pain, and we come, and we come with thanksgiving. We'd say, we will bless the Lord at all times. In everything, we give you thanks. But my dad, my dad is struggling in the nursing home, can hardly remember where he's at. I give you thanks, Lord, for a dad who planted faith deep into my spirit. And I walk today because of what he planted. And so, God, I give you thanks to those that are losing loved ones. There are people in the room that have lost people to COVID. We still give you thanks because you hold our breath in your hand. It's appointed unto man once to die and after this to judgment. And none of this has taken you by surprise. So whatever we face, whatever we lose, we give you thanks. We give you thanks. God, I pray now that as we, as we, as we uh, uh, embrace the spirit of thanksgiving, as we embrace this, uh, uh, this gratitude and we, and we pull it into our hearts and we decide no matter what, we will give thanks. There is always, there is always a reason to give thanks no matter what our circumstances are. So God, as we, as we give you thanks, I pray that healing is released amongst your people. I pray that deliverance comes among your people. God, I pray that provision comes. In fact, I just unlock it now in the name of Jesus. Provision is released. There are people that are hanging on by a thread in this room right now. And I command provision to be loosed. And may it overtake you. May it overwhelm you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church.